Welcome back to Dig This, Nuka's official podcast and our latest episode. Each year, Nuka provides to its members one of the more unique experiences that come from a trade association membership, Advocacy Day on Capitol Hill. Across my career, I've worked for the House of Representatives and several associations in D.C. Each association had what we call a fly-in for the members to travel to Washington and meet their federal lawmakers in their congressional offices. NUCA has been holding their Washington Summit fly-in event since the 1980s, and our 2023 annual event is coming up in the middle of May, May 15th to 17th to be precise. Our members will be on Capitol Hill May 17th talking to their own lawmakers during group meetings set up by their chapters. These meetings are some of the best methods a successful congressional advocacy program can use because they make the connections between elected officials and their staff and our industry members who build every infrastructure project funded by Congress. Today, I'm joined again by NUCA's Vice President for Government Affairs, Zach Berconti, who visits Capitol Hill each week to meet federal lawmakers and lobby on behalf of our membership. We've got several important topics that NUCA members themselves will be discussing with our lawmakers during summit. I wanted Zach to be our guest today to help our industry members understand these issues and how their actions on May 17th could improve our industry and the business environment. Welcome back, Zach, and thanks for joining us today. Thanks again for having me. It's always great to be on. We'll start out with our good stuff. What are our top advocacy issue items this summit? So in many ways, this year really is the start of implementing the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, which was that historic landmark investment in our country's underground infrastructure. Um, of course, one over $1 trillion in total size, $550 billion in new spending. All of that money that was authorized and then appropriated is now really beginning to work its way into the system and uh, down into the market. Along with that, a lot of the regulations that were created and expanded upon as part of both the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, as well as the Inflation Reduction Act, which was the big climate and spending bill that the Biden administration passed in the second half of uh, last year. In addition to the funding, of course, this is also the year when many of the regulations that were created as a result of the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, and then last year's Inflation Reduction Act, uh, which was the Biden administration's uh, partisan spending and climate bill that touched a lot of different programs. Um, those are all also now beginning to come into effect uh, as they move through the rulemaking process. Additionally, of course, uh, all of the regulations around the new uh, Build America, Buy America, or BABA uh, legislation that was contained in the infrastructure bill, that's all currently coming into effect. All of those domestic preference requirements that are not only going to bind projects funded by those two pieces of legislation, but really setting the tone for all future federal procurement on federally assisted infrastructure jobs, all of those policies are really coming into effect now. So in many ways, 2023 really is the most important year for the success or lack of success of major federal infrastructure programs. Now, we here in the industry, of course, we're on the front lines of implementing all of this key federal infrastructure spend. Uh, we are really aware of how things have changed and how things have rolled out since that legislation was passed. Market conditions in 2023 are very different than they were in November 2021 when the infrastructure bill first was signed into law. And so we're coming to Washington to talk about ways that we think that things can be improved, uh, things that can be helped, and ways that the federal government can work with us as partners to ensure the success of this broader infrastructure investment and rebuilding of our country's underground infrastructure. 
really are four main topics, I would say, and I'm kind of grouping them together here. Uh, for this summit are just general implementation and oversight of the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act and associated legislation. So again, uh, this is where you get into the discussion of things like materials and supply chain around the process of implementing Buy America. Um, this is also, of course, where we talk about permitting reform. In order to build these projects and the timelines that the federal government has laid out for funding, they need to be approved on a reasonable timeline, right? The average National Environmental Policy Act job takes four and a half years to be approved. And it's just not feasible to build these jobs if the money will have essentially already run out by the time the job is actually approved. Of course, permitting reform is going to be more important than ever right now. In order to meet the goals that the administration and Congress has laid out on these timelines to rebuild our country's underground infrastructure, projects need to be approved. Um, they cannot take an average of, for example, four and a half years on a National Environmental Policy Act job uh, if we're going to rebuild our country's electric grid in the next 10 years, if we're going to rebuild our country's underground water infrastructure and remove every lead pipe uh, that's currently in use, or if we're going to ensure every American has access to broadband by 2030. All of these goals that have been laid out by the administration and Congress, they're going to be tough to hit as is, frankly, given other concerns, but they'll be impossible if none of these jobs have been approved. And so permitting reform, Congress has already taken some action on it this year. There were conversations around it in the second half of last year. Nothing really so far has come up that's uh, bipartisan enough to make it all the way through, but we're really hoping that we can help Congress reach some, some reasonable compromise on these issues. Another thing we really want to talk about while we're up here is just general questions of how we can fund our country's underground infrastructure, and, and in particular, how are we funding our country's underground water and wastewater utility systems? This is a very timely topic for us to be discussing here at Summit. The EPA in April released their seventh drinking water infrastructure needs survey and assessment. The previous iteration showed that our country would need to spend over $470 billion over 20 years to maintain our country's underground water infrastructure. Unfortunately, the latest iteration that came out in April uh, is much higher. Uh, $625 billion is now needed. And that's a 32% increase from the previous figure. Of course, granted, that does not take into consideration the money that was invested as a result of the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. But even if every dime of that money were fully appropriated as authorized, that's only $55 billion. So it does not capture the total increase in need. And even when you account for inflation, that still doesn't account for the total increase in need. So a key part of our message is, the longer we allow this problem to drag out, the longer we, we fail to make a serious long-term commitment to rebuilding our country's underground water and wastewater infrastructure, the costlier it will be. Um, that goes for drinking water. That goes for clean water. We're expecting new figures from the EPA on clean water needs soon. I suspect they will also be significantly higher. The last assessment put that figure at over $270 billion. And that also includes lead service lines. The EPA just found that there are over 9.2 million lines that remain in use across the United States. That's on the higher end of their previous estimates. They also were a little surprised at the states they found that, that had the highest percentages. Florida and Texas are near the top of the list when previously we thought most of these would be concentrated up in places like the Northeast. Congress has taken a good first step towards funding water infrastructure, but there's still a lot more that needs to be done.
Now, recognizing that we're in a different political climate, recognizing that we're in a somewhat of a more fiscally conservative climate in the House, Nuke is continuing to advocate for creative solutions to addressing our country's water and wastewater infrastructure needs. Um, and so once again, we're asking folks to come and talk about private activity bonds. PABs are, uh, of course, a great method for uh, municipalities and communities to raise additional funds. The utilities remain public. They are not privatized under issuing a PAB. I know that there's often some confusion about exactly how this funding mechanism works, but the long and short of it is this policy has been introduced in Congress many times in the past. Um, there are folks on both sides of the aisle who understand how this would help us raise billions and billions of dollars for our country's underground water infrastructure. Uh, we're asking folks to consider taking another look at it in this current Congress. There's also currently legislation that would expand the use of private activity bonds for lead pipe removal and replacement, which we think is a great way to help close that gap. The last topic for us, of course, all of the funding and all of the support that the federal government can give to our country's water infrastructure and other underground utilities won't help us if we don't have enough people to actually build those jobs. The construction industry right now still faces a shortage of over 500,000 individuals. It's estimated that there will be 546,000 positions that need to be filled this year in order to meet demand for construction nationwide. And that is before a lot of the funding from federal infrastructure investment has reached the market. To put it in perspective, broadband funding provided by the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act comes at over $40 billion. The vast majority of that money won't even be allocated to the states until June of this year at the earliest. Virtually none of that money has reached the market. Imagine what that'll do for the demand for additional broadband construction when it does. Now, NUCA members have taken the lead in helping solve this problem. We have chapters all over the country that are working at all ages to attract talent. Uh, everything from dozer days to get young kids interested and informed about what it's like to have a career in utility construction, all the way up to our support for technical and vocational schools uh, and career training, education, and retraining. Our members have raised wages. They've increased benefits. They've provided a very competitive and uh, attractive career path for people all across the country. But the fact of the matter is, unemployment in this country is at record lows. At the time of recording, it sits at 3.4%. The labor participation rate, while it's increased, is still not enough to help us close that 500,000 plus gap. And so NUCA has now begun to look at what are some other ways that we could increase the size of the workforce in this country. And so for the first time in a very long time, we've actually started to expand the conversations that we're having with other business groups and with the federal government about immigration reform. For those of you who have not seen it, I encourage you to go to callingforliberty.org, which is the website for the Legal Immigration and Border Enforcement Reforms This Year campaign. NUCO is joining this campaign along with 400 other business organizations all across the country, calling upon Congress to reach a sensible compromise on the issue of immigration and border security. Polls show that the average American agrees on most of these policies. Over 70% of the country supports taking some sort of action on, on most of these issues. And nothing that NUCA is asking for here really is particularly controversial. But the goal that we and other groups that are participating in this campaign have really is to start a serious bipartisan conversation in Washington about ways that we can increase the flow of people who want to legally come to this country and work, while also addressing systemic problems that we all recognize with both border security and our country's legal immigration system.
For our folks here in Washington, we're asking you all to talk to your members of Congress about ways to change and improve the H-2B visa system to make it easier for construction employers to access and navigate. We're also talking about ways to make it easier for folks to continue to maintain temporary status and work permits. Any last words of advice to our members traveling to D.C. next week? What are some lobbying tips you can give our members that will help them when they are meeting with their lawmakers or staffers? Well, the first thing I would say to you really is don't feel like you need to try and play junior lobbyist. When you take a look at our fact sheets and our talking points, as well as some of the other supporting materials that we've put on the summit website, wedigamerica.org, you'll see that there are references to legislation in there. There are facts, figures, statistics, all sorts of great resources that you can quote, all sorts of great resources you can point to, bills we'd like folks to co-sponsor, What you need to know about those is that they're there to help you in your conversations. They're not there to dictate your conversations. Really, those resources there are for you, not as a script, but as a guide. We want to give you all of the information that you could possibly need to support you in your meetings with members of Congress and to help guide them towards some areas that we think are important for our industry to discuss. But the main reason you're here is to bring your personal knowledge and your years of industry experience to Washington to talk about what things are like in the industry, how these policies impact you uh, as an industry professional, how they impact your business, your employees. That's the sort of stuff that we really want you here to talk about. So when you're going through our talking points, take every opportunity you can to connect something that you're discussing to something that you've dealt with back home. If you've been working on an important project for your community, but it's been tied up in permitting for seven, eight, nine years, mention that. If your company has raised wages, increased benefits, but you still just don't have enough people because the people just aren't there, talk about that. Talk about how your con- talk about how your town has access to all of these additional resources for water projects, but there's still a lot more that needs to be done that they just don't have the funding for yet. Or talk about how certain federal regulations that have been passed in the last couple of years on everything from workforce to permitting to even just materials have made it harder to build, or maybe in some areas have streamlined the jobs for you. What we want to know is how does our agenda in Washington tie directly into your experience. That's what your congressional offices are going to want to hear about. That's what your congressional staff are going to want to hear about. That's what your lawmakers are going to want to hear about. That's why we ask you to come out to D.C. and join us here for the Washington Summit. Now, the only other things that I'm going to say here, if you've never been to a Washington Summit before, you're going to find within the first few minutes that this is a lot easier than you thought it was going to be. Just start talking. And before you know it, you'll be a professional. Zach, thanks for your time today. I always enjoy listening to your educated thoughts about our advocacy program and how members can contribute their own expertise to its success. Thanks again for having me, Bob. I really appreciate coming on, and I look forward to seeing a big turnout next week here in D.C. For more information about Nuka's Washington Summit, be sure to check out our summit website at wedigamerica.org. And thank you for listening to Dig This, Nuka's official podcast. Please remember, safety first in all our work.